counter. Oh, shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and those of you who live in the beautiful in-between, welcome back to the Hardcore Sobriety Podcast. Yes, darlings, it's no longer the hardcore honesty because, let's be honest, the only thing I was talking about was recovery. And today I am honored, honestly, and I never thought I'd say those words, to have this person <laughs> with me because we'll speak about it, but seeing their openness really showed me that I could recover, get into recovery and not have to remain in the attic. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves and their pronouns and all of that excitement. So ladies and gentlemen, Marty Gold Cummings. Uh, oh, Logan, it's uh, me, Marty Cummings. Uh, pronouns are they, them, theirs. Grateful recovering alcoholic and addict. Uh, I'm going to move my head headset to one side like you. It makes me feel very in the studio. Girl, look at us. I feel like we're, we're Carrie and Che on, and just like that. What a nightmare. <laughs> what a nightmare. I have, I, I have a lot of... I'm so over... I can't tell if I'm over it. I haven't seen the newest one. The new episode is good. The new episode I, is good. I, I just... I, I miss Samantha so terribly. I do too. And I feel like without Samantha's comedy and um, witty one-liners and the humor that she carried, the whole show has literally just become, let's be woke. Let's, we've now know black people. It's, it's too much for me. I've yeah, had I enough. Mi- I miss, I miss, I miss, uh, I miss Samantha. Some things are better left dead. The original Sex in the City. <laughs> so for everyone that doesn't know, Marty um, and I came up in nightlife pretty much at the exact same time, I would say. It was say. the same time. It was you, me, Dallas Dubois, Ugh. Tina Burner, uh, Bob the Drag Queen was coming up at that time. I'm interviewing uh, her tomorrow. Oh, work. She was Kitten with the Whip at the time. Kitten with the Whip. What was the next one that came after that? Was it just those two? Yeah, it was just it was just those two. And it's then, Jasmine who's had the ninety names. Yeah, <laughs> um, Pixie, Pixie was coming up at the same time as us. Brenda Darling, uh, Bootsy. Yeah, I feel like though when I because I started the last week of twenty. 20- 2006. And when I started, it was me and Chandelier. Oh, that's when you... Oh, so you came even before me. me and, when me and Chandelier started, it was just us. And then all of a sudden, it was like, Tina was doing Tranimal Tuesdays, and all of these girls who failed at AMDA realized that it's drag was the path uh, for... It, it's not a read, it's the truth. It's a, I, I take it personally. <laughs> Did uh, you go to AMDA? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Scamda got you, gal. Uh... Yeah, who else went to AMDA? Me, Peppermint, Paige Pix- Turner. Did, what? What? See now, now you're talking my type of people, Paige Turner. <laughs> We're, we we actually, you know, I will say, I'm, I, 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 sobriety has taught me lots of lessons. We uh, are in a very good place in our relationship. I made an amends to her. She. Made I an feel like I me. should. Is she in recovery? Yeah. No, but, you know, I look at it as, like, a lot of things, you know, one of the things, because we're talking about sobriety and being in nightlife, none of, unprofessional. Oh, my God, it's me, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I literally, and I, like, write people in an email being like, don't have your phone on, and then my phone rings. <laughs> it's fine. God damn it. Um, Sorry. Uh, but I, 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 you know what I've come to learn, especially in the last, like, it really hit me in the last, like, two or th- like two two years, like that like light bulb kind of. None of the nightlife drama matters. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. And I don't want to work for people who are going to dictate my career for me or pit me against other queens. I want to work for myself in a way that's going to guide me. Um, in a way that if I do wrong someone, I can say, hey, I'm sorry for that. Or if someone wrongs me, I can say, hey, you really hurt my feelings. And move on from it, like adults. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm still learning that because I do so love the nightlife Facebook drama. Like, if <laughs> I, I, mean, I, 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 I click like on stuff. I mean, sure, <laughs> you and it, the pandemic was the worst for me because I was like, I have nothing to do but ruin people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, I learned a lot 
getting sober of like why I did these things. How long, how long have you been sober now? A year and four months. Work. So you did it in the pandemic. I got sober mid-pandemic. I bottomed out in P-Town. Oh my um, gosh. She said the we, liquor stores are closed. I have no choice. No, mama. The <laughs> liquor store lady knew my order. Like I would go in and if I changed it up from every two days, she would be like, oh, you're doing something different. And I was like, oof. Like that yeah. wasn't that wasn't enough. So like we go on a yearly trip, Columbus Day to P Town, and I went off the rocker, girl. Let's yeah. just say that I moved out of the house we were staying in into the boat slip. I was in my mind, I was divorced. I lived. I got thrown out of probably nine or ten establishments. Work. Yeah, it, and it was I was on FaceTime with like Brenda, my friend Renee, Bianca through the whole thing. So everyone has the stories that I don't remember. Yeah, well, I mean, thank God you were able to call people through it. You know, I mean, I think I was just like there has to be someone because like my husband and my friends weren't talking to me, so I had no one to talk to. And I was like, I remember sitting at that bar outside the boat slip, and like it was like right beginning of the day. It was like. 11 I was already like two bottles of champagne in a bag of coke and I was like I'm gonna sit here and make friends with all these people so I started talking to everyone outside it's pandemic so we're all like sitting away from each other <laughs> and I'm telling everyone my divorce story and to buy me shots so everyone is sending tequila shots oh to my me God. and I'm just getting annihilated um so it was a journey, but I definitely get... I don't know AA outside of Zoom, really. Because oh, really? every time it opens up, like, I was just starting to go back. Like, I celebrated at my home group. But then now, like, I'm not going to sit in a room with people right now. It's Yo. just not... I mean, one of the things, like, I'm so over Zooms, but one of the things for recovery purposes, it's really great because it has been able to give people that connection to stay... Um, accountable and 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 it's any time any time well that's a great thing about like recovery in New York City like it is any time of the day any day of the week literally you can go to you can go to a meeting at like three in the morning like they're yeah they're all the time and like now I'm finding they're like even like broken down more than just gay. Now there's like fetish AA groups, and I'm like, okay, well, you're all probably just trying to fuck each other, but still, yeah. like, you I don't, know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to break their anonymity, so I won't say who it is. But the, the, there's a, another uh, uh, queen who who I know who is sober, and we always talk about um, uh, wanting to start a nightlife um, girl meeting for people because because that's the thing. Girl. When I went to my first meeting, you know, I went to my first meeting. I've been sober. Uh, for ten and a half years, and so when I went to my first, Jesus, uh, yeah, wild, right, girl. Uh, when I went to my first meeting, I walked in, and there was like a DJ and a go-go dancer and a bartender and a queen, and I was like, "You all have been here the whole time, like uh-huh. what?" And they were like, "Yeah, girl, we, you had to discover that you had a problem. You it's needed to be willing to, to get help." It's insane to me. I say. And because I heard it like right at the beginning and it stuck with me that everyone knew I had this problem except for myself. Everyone knew and no one wanted to tell me. When I, when I first got sober, so I went through this thing. I mean, this was back in 2011. Uh, and I was doing, uh, I was doing VIG 27 and. Oh my God. Girl. um, What was that? What was that club on, on the East side? That closed down. Evolve? Elixir? Yes. Evolve. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I was doing a show there. And I can't remember where else. I was doing another show. But Bartini. I, <coughs> Bartini. I got fired from Bartini because I was such a mess. I fell asleep on stage. I'll never um, forget that story as I, long as I live. I literally fell asleep on the stage and, and came out of my blackout and picked up the number where I <laughs> uh, left off. Uh, <laughs> And then at um, Evolve, I had taken a um, pint glass of vodka, no ice, no mixer, downed it, instantly went into a blackout, woke up in my childhood home the next day, which is three and a half hours away. My mom said that I called uh, at like five in the morning, was like, I'm at the bus stop. Um, And I was fired the next day. So I had one gig left. It was VIG 27. They paid me $125. Uh, and that's all I was making. 
Um, and then my friend Rachel got me a job at um, this restaurant as a host, but I, I only did once a week. It was a four-hour shift, so I made like $80 a week from that. Oh God. Um, but that $80 would go right to using the 125 a week. I would uh, I, I didn't have a bank account, so I would endorse the check to my roommate, and then he would just pay up the, the rest because I owed more than that. He was a very good friend. I had to make a financial amends to later. And, and he, he said to me when I went to make the amends, he said, you don't have to pay me anything. Just don't drink again. Yeah. Uh, you know, which like, what a blessing. And, and, and I love some of so these much. amends blew my fucking mind. It's like because... crazy. Right. But I had like, I had nothing. So, so, so when I, so when I w- was going through all of this and I was, I was doing some stuff with Kelly King, this was before we had our long running show at new world stages that we did for five or six years. We were doing a couple things here and there together and Kelly King and Marty Thomas and Marissa Rosen sat me down and basically were like, uh, we love you. We care about you. We will no longer um, work with you or be your friend if you don't get help, if you don't get sober. And I was so, like, angry. Uh-huh. that I was so angry. Um, and so it, it, I, like, as kind of a you know, fuck you, I'm not an alcoholic, I, I'm not a drug addict. Uh, oh, look, it happens to be Lent. Let me give this up for Lent. Uh, if you're Catholic, you know that Lent is 40 days. Um, I lasted 11 days. Uh, and it was like the worst 11 days of my life. I was like so sick and miserable and just like it was awful. Uh, and I saw my ex at this thing this like event and that was my reason to drink Uh you know the ex who broke up with me and kicked me out because he said he could not watch me kill myself anymore from drinking uh you know and so i went into a six-day blackout there's six days of my life i have no recollection of whatsoever i have no memory of it uh i have no idea what i did who i was with where i no memory of this almost week-long period and uh, that's a really scary feeling to, like, come out of that and be yeah. like, what just happened? The last thing I remember was this event, seeing my ex. What day was that on? Oh, it was a week ago. And Oh, my God. And I woke up covered in my... I had, I had a... I didn't even have a bed. I had a mattress cover, which is, like, like what, like, three inches? Like, that's yep. all it is. On the floor. A mattress cover to a, a bunk bed that was supposed to go to, to a bunk bed. <laughs> But it was on the floor. I had no drawers or anything. All my clothes were just on the floor. And um, I woke up covered in vomit. And during this, like, time of, like, my fuck you 11 days, I don't have a drinking problem, I would, like, write these, like, really horrible Facebook posts. Like, look how sober I am. Look how much I'm not drinking. Look at me go. Yeah. So a friend of mine reached out and said, hey, if you ever want to, you know, talk about it or go to a meeting i've been in recovery for a couple of years blah, blah blah and i was like no i don't i bleh, 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 whatever uh but i woke up that day uh uh covered in my vomit and i called him and i said i i think i i think i really do have a problem and i haven't had a drink or a drug since it's that's phenomenal excuse me stuttering sally shut up um that's phenomenal because for me uh hearing everyone talk about relapse I'm such an egotistical fuck that when I said, and I made this very public, I was like, there's no way that I'll allow myself to relapse now because well, I will not allow people to be like, so girl, we knew it. We knew she couldn't do this. Like, But that's just me. So yeah. to hear someone with 10 years that hasn't relapsed, thanks God, thank God, is really amazing. Well, a lot of times people ask me, they're like, why are you so public with your sobriety? Does that, like, worry you? And I'm like, well, it's twofold. First of all, everybody's sobriety is their own. And uh-huh. there is no right or wrong way to get sober. The only thing you have to do is just not pick up a drink or a drug that day. Everything else is a lesson to be learned. There, yeah. There's no, like, you know, um, uh, you can go to meetings or not go to meetings. It's up to, it is your recovery, yeah. right? So um, as long as you're not, you know, don't break other people's anonymity, uh, Whatever. And if you do relapse, like that's part of your story. And I that, hope that you're able to find your way back, you know, yeah. but I'm so public with my sobriety for two reasons. One is accountability. Like you're yep. talking about because I am so public about it. Like it re- like, there really is no going around it. Everybody no. knows who I am. Everybody knows I'm sober. Yep. Um, 
Um, and then the other thing is I've had so over the years, so many people, uh, reach out to me and say, Hey, I, I know you're sober. Uh, I think I might have a problem. And that's the thing, carrying the message. Um, the amount of uh, times I messaged you saying that I knew I, that I had a friend that needed to find a meeting. I could go through my text to you. There's probably like 14 or 15 times. Yeah. And sometimes there's some folks in that who have like, now have like years of sobriety and others who are still figuring out their journey and that's okay. Yeah. It just wasn't the time for me, but I always knew I could ask you and you were the only person I could think of that I knew was so public about it. This is the thing. Like I look at it as like, you could be my like worst enemy in the world. And if you came to me and said, I think I have a problem with drugs and alcohol, like that, all the other stuff doesn't matter because you know, that's like you coming saying like oh i think i i have cancer yeah to a doctor you know like like this is a i I think a lot of times people don't realize that this is a disease like it is a disease and it's a disease that wants you to die yeah it wants you dead a lot of people don't realize it till they're on the other side a year into this now i see how bad it was for me um and like when my sponsor had me write down my timeline and i saw that it was like a drink here and there drinking during the day. Now I'm doing cocaine. Now I'm drinking all day and all night. Then I tried meth. Like it was just, it's not getting better. It's not a 13 year old gay kid in Ohio. It's not going to get better. Oh Jesus. Well, and maybe that won't get better either, but that's the part of the honesty. (laughs) But I always knew I could talk to you about it. And that's why I'm so vocal because we're in, First of all, the gay culture, it, gay culture is bars and circuit parties. And and the nightlife culture, you know? Um, and a lot of times people say, how do you stay sober working in a nightclub? Real easy. It's real well, it's easy. It's really easy. Like, for me, other people might have a different experience. For me, it's very easy because, yes, like, alcohol and drugs and stuff are things that are, like, very accessible in this industry, Oh my god, my Siri just went off. No, 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 I'm not trying to... Now she's her. going off, you're sitting in the middle of, like, a terrorist attack. Do you hear this what out here? Like, what is happening? But I always, you know, if I I, 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 I... I very rarely... And I only think it's because, like, I, I'm, I'm... You know, I, I, I work a program and I'm, I'm, you know, many years into the... Many years into it doesn't mean there won't be a relapse. So I know a lot no. of people who have had, like, 20 years. And they, you know? Uh-huh. But, um... But the, the point is, like, for me, my experience, it's unique. Every, I, I, I'm speaking for me, not for other yeah. alcoholics. So for the listeners to, to clarify. So anyway, so for me, working in a nightclub, if I ever, on those rare occasions, get the urge, like, oh, a drink, well, that sounds nice. I just I just look for the messiest person in the bar. <laughs> that part. And I just say, no, that. I can't do it because that's going to be me, but worse. That part. Girl, people are like, how do you do it? And I'm like, let me tell you something. I no longer get to the bar five hours early. I get to the bar an hour, like, because I park, I drive in, because I'm up in Westchester. So I drive down. She's a homeowner now. She owns a home. She owns a car. (laughs) And let me tell you, I didn't have all these nice things before I got sober. Um, Um... but I drive down because parking's free at 6. So I get to Playhouse at 6. I start, like, padding and everything at 7. I go on stage at 8. And I'm out that door by 9.49 to get to El Jalapeno Taco Truck. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, that also. Like, I, a lot of people are like, oh, how come we don't hang out after the gig? And no. I have, like, friends there or whatever. Like, of course, I'll, I'll hang out for a little bit. But I, I just... I just it, I also think I I don't know if it's necessarily just a sober thing. Also, I've just I've just been like you. I've been in this business a long time. It's lost its appeal. I've been in the business a long time, so I look at it as like, like now I'm in a different position because I I, I run two venues, so it's like a little different. But I when I do shows, I treat it probably in the last uh, it's probably in the last four or five years. I would say four years. I like made the shift of like, okay, I'm in my thirties now. I don't really want to be out late. I don't, you know, and I started treating it like a theater experience. So instead of getting ready at home, I would go to the gig and set up like a dressing area and, you know, get ready at the gig. Like I was doing a theater show 
I would not really mingle with the audience before because I want it the first time. Like, I would just go out on stage. Yep. We're going to do the show. And then when I would leave, I would stick around for, you know, maybe 45 minutes, do pictures. Thank you for coming. 45 but, minutes? Well, to, Girl. But, but, that, but that's incorporated also, like, taking everything off. Yeah. But, like, but it would be like, I would go out. Thank you so much for coming. Good to see you. Take some pictures, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to, you know, hang out with my husband and cuddle our dogs. And Yeah. Uh, well, getting whatever. married for me... It didn't change everything at first because I was like, girl, I could stay out till two in the morning and nothing bad's going to happen. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 15 shots of tequila in, 24 drinks, and a bag of cocaine in, nothing good happens. And it took me getting sober to realize, because I almost lost it all. Like, my bottom included my husband was out, which then I would have lost my house. My nephews, everything that I've built was gone. And this is like, I always say, you, like, your thing started at Lent. Like, you just happened to have that in your time. I got in bed after de self detoxing from drinking cocaine, meth, whatever I could get my hands on in P Town. Um, I self detoxed, got in bed, and the Housewives of Orange County was on, and Bronwyn's story, it was the season premiere, and it was all about her sobriety. Bronwyn is now someone I call a dear friend. We do events together. We speak frequently. But, like, I laid in bed and went, that's me. This woman's just talking about how she drinks because she's uncomfortable. She drinks because she wants to be fun. And I was like, that's me. And, like, you know, you learn in the rooms, like, everything happens for a reason. And you are put in a place to see things at a certain time. And it, it makes sense to me. Um, I do want to talk about the fact that you are running two venues now because I just saw, like, I follow everyone in nightlife, but I don't go anywhere because I'm an antisocial fuck now. <laughs> but, you know, to see, I saw that um, Hush is using, non having non-alcoholic options now, which is... Well, insanely I, important. I think it's really important because one of the things, you know, like, listen, I, a lot of people, you know, when I was, first, the, the first couple years of my sobriety, I would have a ginger ale in a champagne glass. And everyone knew it was my ginger ale in a champagne glass. But for that, like, first, like, two years of getting sober, I needed that glass. Yeah. yeah. You know, even though I knew it was ginger ale, I needed that glass for two reasons. One, because I needed the physicality of having something in my hand yep um uh and the other was because i hate it when people would ask why aren't you drinking or can i get you a drink can it, yeah and so i i just had to have that in my hand so i i think it's important and we're we we have um uh, uh a mocktail menu that we're rolling out at the the queue as well because i think it's really important a lot of sober people like to go out with their friends go out it's, and dance go out and like literally you know the so, biggest thing that I'm trying to use my voice for. Yeah. Because... And, like, listen, I love my little club soda with lime and grapefruit. But, you know, having, like, a, 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 a non-alcoholic version of a, a cocktail that's on the menu, I think is really important. Or a, just a crafted, like, mocktail that makes you feel like you're not an outsider. Because when yeah. you're sober and you go to the bar and your option is a bottle of water, a Red Bull, which... <laughs> The gays don't like sugar. Um, or club soda. Like, it gets boring at a point. And I, when I yeah. was in P-Town this last year, I went back to the scene of the crime a year later. And, like, <laughs> we went. But, like, seeing how many restaurants had mocktail menus, those were the places I frequented. Yeah. Because it to feel included in that, it might not seem like something to people not in the community, but it is a big deal. When you I look at... When you I look at my, New York yeah. and no one has, there's not a bar I can think of with a mocktail menu. Well, I'm really, I'm really proud of our venues for doing that because it's, it's important. And we have a lot of sober people who frequent our spaces. They and you have a lot of sober people that work at the venue yeah. too. We want to feel, you know, part of the party. I love my virgin mojito and my, my virgin, uh, you know, little bevies, my virgin margarita. Uh, yeah. I love it. And they make so many products now that are completely alcohol. -free. Like, you know, an Odul actually has alcohol in it. Yeah. But so not alcohol the... beer actually has alcohol in it. But there's a lot of products now. There's this non alcoholic tequila that. Ritual. 
Yeah, but it's made of like different like syrups and sugars. So there's yeah. no alcohol in it whatsoever. And that might work for some people. Some people who who um, are alcoholic, it might not work for them because the, the even the taste it could yeah. be triggered. Maybe it could be triggering, and that's okay too. You know? Um, yeah. And because, it's just having the option as yeah. because I don't go out anymore because I don't feel like I belong in these spaces. But to go places where I know there are sober people working, which, you know, doesn't have to be for everyone. But for me, that's an attractive moment for me. Yeah. And for there to be a mocktail menu. And I can feel like on a Saturday night, if I'm in the city with my friends and we go to a movie or a show, well, <laughs> not during these times, but we want to go out afterwards. Like I'm usually the first one that wants to run home because I don't have anywhere I feel safe. And yeah. now I know there's two places that I will gladly say, let's go to. And just so everyone knows, you can drink Ritual and use code LOGANXHARDCORE for 15% off at the Ritual website, which will be linked in the description below. You dumb bitch. I, well, <laughs> I love Ritual. I've been working with Ritual for a year. Like, I sought out, I tried to find every company that made, oh, Corona says. No, it's, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Oh it's because gosh. she's sitting in the middle of all those sirens. There's a Wait, fire. Wait, should I get an endorsement deal with Ritual? <laughs> you can. I can give you, I can hook you up with the woman, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I sought out every beverage company that makes either already packaged mocktails or makes like something to make craft mocktails. And I've like spent a year going through the ones that I love. And the brands that I can get behind. And, like, there's a housewife that's sober that's coming out with her own line. So that's coming, oh, that's I, be awesome. I believe, this year. Um, but Ritual's phenomenal. And when I saw X posting about them at... Um, yeah, we have it. We, we serve that. At, at I love it. I was... And not just because... Like, and I'm, I've said this on this podcast on my YouTube forever. I won't get behind something I don't use. My downstairs is stocked with Ritual. Like... The big sizes, the little sizes, the rum, the tequila, the whiskey, all of it. Oh my like, god! It is then tea with Logan Hardcore, sponsored by Ritual. <laughs> yes, use code <laughs> Logan X Hardcore. <laughs> but like, it's I wanted to talk to you specifically because I think knowing that you're working on the management side of these spaces, and knowing that there's finally, I think there's this shift happening. It's bubbling now. And I really think it's going to continue. There's this like look that being sober now is like the thing. It's the cool thing. Like everyone's getting sober. But I think in that it's forcing people to look at their own problems. Because I don't think a lot of people wanted to admit they have alcohol problems. But a lot of the people we know do. And I'm not taking anyone's inventory. But I will tell you. If any of these people came to me and spoke to me, I'd guide them in the right direction. Absolutely. And I think having this option in bars is more beneficial than people think because I know girls that would much rather have a mocktail and not wake up miserable, which could – I'm not saying every girl I know needs to be sober, but there's a lot of them that could take it down a couple notches. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, like you know, like for me – in my experience, like, I mean, you saw me when I was drinking, like, all those... I don't remember ago. a lot of it, but I do remember the Bartini story. I don't <laughs> it, re I don't remember a lot, yeah. and I didn't I mean, realize was, that until I got ugly. sober. It was ugly. It was really, really bad. Like, it was... I posted a picture yesterday. Okay, so, you know, I everybody, saw it. Everybody's doing this, like, 10-year challenge, and mine was, like, a little confusing because I think people were like, oh, is that you know? I did two side-by-sides from 2011. One yes. from 25 days before I got sober, and one six months after I got sober. And the it is drastically. It's it looks like a ten year challenge, but in in six months, months you know. Now, granted, uh, six months my makeup was still best, and I wasn't wearing wigs. But you know, it took a couple years to figure that out in sobriety. But uh, listen, Joey J doesn't wear wigs; they're making it fashionable. I did it Girl, first. She went she went home second. So let's not pop it like they're doing great things. <laughs> no, they're very they're very sweet. Um, but they are, they are. I don't have it in me to give everyone a ribbon. They're very, they're very sweet. And anyway, uh, so uh, the point is, 
you too can uh, get a wig if you get sober. <laughs> if you get sober, me and Marty will send you a wig. <laughs> Some of you need new ones. Oh my God. No, but it, it, I looked at your thing yesterday and I was so excited that I was talking to you today. Was it confusing? Was it confusing? No. Do you think people I understood it? Was it. I, underst- I understood it. If they read it, if they read it. Some people are just like, 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 read the message. Yeah, I mean, when, when people see there's a message, they're immediately like, I'm out. But it's important. And that's another reason that I was like, I remember I announced it on my 90 days. Um, I had kind of like tiptoed around it because I was doing virtual shows and I was like, okay, I'm having soda. And people were like, what the fuck's going on? Because I went from like chugging a oh, bottle I of tequila. Oh, I loved your living room show. Oh, the during quarantine. Girls, I the live. slaughterhouse. I live. The tr- yeah, the trouble I would get in. I would go in that like wall behind me and like snort a rail of cocaine in the middle of the show while everyone's watching me in my living room. <laughs> like it was wild. I had like... Press on nails filled with cocaine that I would set so I could run in one door and then run out the other door and no one would know. Like it was insane. Um, But I was on my 90 days, I announced it on Facebook with like the picture of the app like everyone does. Um, And I didn't tell my husband, I didn't tell anyone I was announcing it. And my husband's phone, when I tell you it was like I got on Drag Race or something, it was like, (laughs) bing, 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 bing. Like, I didn't know Logan had a problem, la, 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 la. So, like, we got into, like, this major fight. But it all was, for me, it was like you said, there's accountability in it. And I needed people to know there was someone that they could talk to. Absolutely. Because I knew I could talk to you. I I talked to Jasmine here or there, but, like, we're not, we were never friendly enough that I would bring up, like, not be drinking or whatever. And I knew I could talk to Bob. And then, you know, getting a hold of Bob at this point in time is, has been a journey. So, you know, I knew always I could ask you. And then when I decided, I just went into the first, there was not a lot of open meetings up here. And I went into the one closest to me, and I was like, thank God no one here is going to know me, because, you know addict and ego I was like everyone's gonna know me and they're gonna be like oh my god it's Logan Hardcore <laughs> um, and it took me like six months to finally go to the online Fire Island meeting And but I will tell you when I went in there every person's face was like <laughs> they were really gagging they were, they like, were like finally she's they here. were like mama you're at the wrong place the most like monumental moment of this for me I spoke on Fire Island this last year I qualified and First of all, the place was, there was not a seat or anywhere to stand, which, you know, she can sell out an AA room. (laughs) And I will tell you how many people said they thought I would be dead by now scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I posted yesterday. Like I, I would have, I would have died. Like I would not be alive today. Yeah. If I was still going down. I firmly believe I would not be, I would not be alive. No. And, like, I drank, and then I did drugs so I could drink, but knowing that I was starting to dabble into things that I said I would never do, it was only a matter of time. So, it's, and then you also, like, so you went from being the girl who falls asleep on stage singing Yankee Doodle Dandy. And now it's just my audience (laughs) that falls asleep. No, that's not true. (laughs) It's nice that you have an audience. Uh, (laughs) Girl, I go to Playhouse and perform for nine people. Which is, but the same nine people every week. So it's hey, we love them, g- girl. I have to say, it's such, it's so much fun because we literally just like drag the story out. Like there, it's having a repeat audience every week is a dream for me. Um, and listen, they pay the bills, so I'm here. <laughs> um, but like you went from where you were to now managing two bars, big bars. You're not managing like a hole in the wall. You have. Two very large spaces that you're involved in. And you also just had this huge political moment, which when you were in active recovery, did you ever think that was going to be, or an active addiction, did you think that was going to be anything? No, I, when I was in active addiction, I was, <laughs> I would, no, uh, because I would, <laughs> I, to eat, I would, uh, there was one place by my, I lived on like 161st or something. And there was this like one restaurant that you could get like a nacho, like a small nachos for like $5. And so that's like what I would eat every day. Cause I would like scrounge up 
I would like, you know, scrounge up $5 to like, you know, eat that. But I would walk past bodegas and quickly, I would always have like a tote bag or something. And I would quickly just grab a piece of fruit or a potato or something from a bodega and throw it in my bag and keep walking. Uh, so nobody could see. And that's how I would eat, would eat. And I couldn't afford toilet paper. So I would go to excess because it was uh, buy one, get one free drinks. So I would always have someone buy me a drink and then get the token for the free one. And then I would go in the bathroom and they had this basket in their one of their bathrooms that had the toilet paper in it. So I would throw rolls of toilet paper. I lived paper above in. excess. So yeah. I would go down there and get toilet paper if I ever ran out. Yeah, I would throw toilet paper into my bag. And that's <laughs> oh how my I got my, my toilet paper because I had no money. Um, and, you know, so I, I uh, you know, I had the gig at VIG 27. Uh, uh and I, that hosting gig at the restaurant, but the one day a week, but that one day a week, my friend Rachel knew I would stare at the clock. I would get off at four o'clock every day. I work from noon to four. How hard. And, <laughs> and I would stare at the clock, like literally watching it count down to four. And she would have a to go cup, uh, coffee cup. She would have a to go cup filled with red wine. Um, because she knew by the time four o'clock came around, I would be, I would start, I, I, I would be, shaking yeah. i would have the shakes and so she would give that to me and i would walk with that coffee tumbler full of wine the restaurant was on i don't even remember the name of the restaurant but it was on 46 and fifth or sixth, and i would walk across to reposo which is a restaurant that's no longer there because i knew the bartender and she would give me not two glasses of wine for free a night she would give me two bottles of wine a night for free and Girls. and i and 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 that's what i would do and uh, that's like what my life was. So no, I never, at that time, thought any of that you were going to be Congresswoman Cummings, as I call you. <laughs> well, I I lost, but that's. <laughs> but listen, I have to say, it's so important to see someone in recovery do what you did, even if it didn't end up the way we wanted it to. Because I was like, "All right, sis," like but they're like you are doing. Shit that you wouldn't have done in active addiction. No, and I think what's so interesting is I think a lot of people were like, "You're what? You're running for (laughs) like what?" Uh, And 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 once they they saw like you know, just because I'm a drag artist doesn't mean I am not. I don't have like intellect or like. A view on well, things. that's what people think of us. They think we are drug addict alcoholics, <laughs> <laughs> which check and check. <laughs> but who it's like go on stage and dance around, and that's it. That's who we are. Yeah, but the, like it's so much more complex. Like, look at like you know, Honey Mahogany, who was on Drag Race, and now she's the head of the Democratic Party in San Francisco, and maybe, um, uh, uh, maybe a girl who's running for Congress in um, California, and like girl, maybe know. a girl kills me that name i am like and the fact that she goes to these meetings in high whore drag i am like oh i love she's on the silver lake um uh community council which is an elected position our version of it in new york is the community board which is an appointed position and i'm on the community board i've been on the community board for like four years now and i'll now they're they're still on on zoom but before it was on zoom i would have you know the community board meetings they start at like 6 p.m uh, and they go until like 10 o'clock sometimes. So I would have a gig after. So I would roll up there dressed up, uh, and I'd be like, all right. So today we're talking about the rezoning of a hundred no. street. And, uh, like, you know, I, I, I had to go to work. Uh, I live for it. But that's one of the things we talked about. People were like, are you worried that people aren't going to vote for you because you do drag? And I said, if somebody doesn't want to vote for me because I'm a drag artist, they're not going to vote for me no, no, no matter what, right? No. But the majority of the people that we talked to, you know, they didn't care because we related drag in the sense that it is gig work. You live paycheck to paycheck. You don't have access to health care benefits. There's no paid time off, paid sick leave, hazard Girl. pay, workers' comp child care you're paid below minimum wage most of the time uh and uh and and you have it's hard to get an apartment because you you have to go through all these hoops and ladders because your your banking looks different because you do dry like it's a whole it's a whole thing so we related to that like how many other industries 
deal with those kind of work conditions. Countless, yeah. you know, bartenders, yeah. waiters, people who clean homes go through that. People who delivery workers yeah. go through that. Like there's a whole list of industries that, that face those same things. So we related it in that way. Yes. Girl, I that's a, I could have a five-hour conversation about people who think that drag queens and nightlife workers have it made because... We are... Bitch. Well, that's the thing also. So the two pictures I posted from 11 years ago uh, or 10 years ago wh- when I'm like drunk and then newly sober, they're both on like red carpets. Red carpets, yes. I was making $125 a week dying... Yeah. Just because you're invited to an event in front of a I was literally routine. like selling my hole to pay my rent. Right? Like I think people think, oh, drag queens are just, they, they have all this money. No, bitch. I spent, it took me probably nine years to finally start making money in drag. Because it's just in one hand out the other. Yeah, it's hard. And if you're an addict, good luck, girl. I mean, I always, people are like, where did all your money go? And I'm like, on a good weekend on Fire Island, on a bad weekend on Fire Island, I would make at that pool, in the three shows I did, I'd make $1,500 in tips. I would spend five of it on drugs and alcohol mm. on that weekend. And then I would go to the city and spend probably another three, four to get to the next weekend. Like, yeah. And like, you have to think, I'm not paying for drinks at bars. So that's me buying everyone else. Yeah, it's it was such an insane moment for me when I kind of calculated how much money I spent on drugs in ten years. I was like, "Girl," and my one question: (laughs) I've had to. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. It's such a cunty thing to say. (laughs) We were we truly had to move because we brought my father in with us because he. is sick and we thought he wasn't oh yeah how's he doing he's so sweet girl that man moved here and it's like he was like just kidding i don't have cancer he's (laughs) lovely he's doing like backflips so that's good i mean god bless but my one question i want to end with is would you have ever told active addiction marty that he would be married and like happy and set up and doing well and not struggling and stealing toilet paper. Like, did you ever see the life you're living now as even a possibility? No. 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 Because no. I would have been dead. Yeah. I never realized that I would have been dead. Like I, I said. Dead. Many years it, ago, I would have been dead. It took me getting out of it to realize, like, there's a list of girls, and I can just say from Fire Island that work at the Ice Palace, that... Girl, good luck. Y'all are and, 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 and y'all like, are really pushing it. Like I would have been dead if not physically, then emotionally and spiritually. Just oh yeah. Like, somebody commented. Uh, speaking going back to that <laughs> picture I posted yesterday, somebody sent me a message. Uh, they like replied to it in my Instagram DM, and they said it's so telling to see your eyes change. They were like, you're so dead in the eyes in the one photo. And it's so true. Because I was yeah. spiritually and emotionally just yeah. dead. The, when photos and memories pop up now, I cringe. But I refuse to delete anything because, like, I have to see it. It's part I, of my story. I need to see these photos of me at noon on Fire Island, <laughs> a bag deep, and, like... When I think about it, I would get up on Fire Island at, like, 9. I would be drinking by 10. I would probably have a bottle or two of champagne before 11.30. I would go and do lemon drop shots and pick up Brenda at the boat at 11.30 (laughs) and then start drinking full-size cocktails with shots. So by the time the 3 o'clock show rolled around, I was probably already 10 shots and, like, oh. two bottles of champagne and, like, five or six drinks deep. That's three o'clock. And Fire Island didn't stop for me until four in the morning. It's So when I see those photos and I'm, like, it's in this time of my life that I idolized and had the best time, I'm dead inside. Are you going to perform in Fire Island again? 
I did this past year. I'm not going to ever go back full time. Yeah. That's that is dancing with the devil for me because that place is a playground of for me, yeah. for me, <laughs> it is not a smart but decision. But you have the Fire Island meeting and all those people that Yeah. Help I mean, I went it. for a week. Me and my dad went for like a week and I did three shows and the rest of the time I spent on the beach. Did you know Fire Island has a beach? <laughs> because I was unaware <laughs> that there was an ocean there. It was it was such an eye-opening thing to be sober on Fire Island. Just see it like, from a different lens, yeah. Woo, girl! That was... Yeah. I would... Where I stayed, I would hear the shows starting every night, and I would be going to bed at 10.30. And I would hear, like, da-na-na-na! And like woman starting. And I was like, every single one of them, every single one of them just did two bumps right before this da-na-na-na started. Oh and God. like, it's to lay, be going to sleep and being like, uh-huh, I know where this, I know where this goes. I can write out hour by hour how this night ends. Yeah. And to not be doing it, it felt like I finally got off of an insane merry-go-round. Because it was bad. Me and TJ would go out there on Friday. We'd be fighting by Saturday. We wouldn't even be speaking on Sunday. We would drive home. And we wouldn't talk till probably like Tuesday. Wednesday we were fine. Thursday I worked at Stonewall and it all started again. For five or six years. That was our normal. So if you told me that I'd be in a happy relationship and own a home and be married, no, I would have. It's shocking. But I just want you to know like your vocal your level of how vocal you were truly got me sober because knowing there was someone that does what I do that's succeeding that's living a life beyond their wildest dreams it took me seeing you for me to be able to do this so I actively and like honestly say that you are a major reason of why I got sober and I'll never be able to thank you enough for it. Well, I love you, girl. I love you. you. So just know that you being the loud lady with those (laughs) folks, the loud lady and I am now one of them and trust me, people are like, why are you only talking about sobriety? I'm like, because someone needs to hear it. Trust me. Someone needs to hear it. Yeah. Um, I will never be able to thank you enough. And Thank you for everything you do. In and out. Do you want to say where you're working and the bars and all of that excitement? Well, I'll pl- so you, you can visit me at the Q or at Hush. Um, uh, and you can also, starting January 5th, tune into the Food Network to watch me and my drag daughter Peaches slay the kitchen in Worst Cooks in America. <laughs> oh, wow. My God. You know... Another opportunity Marty could have brought me to TV and she just completely ignored. Just like Shade, Queens of New York. Oh my God. Well, nobody watched that show. Um. I did. I loved Jada's musical number. (laughs) I watch it to this day. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, but you know, congratulations on all these great things. I mean, and even, even just like I see, and I know a lot of people probably don't, but I see the change that having a mocktail menu in a bar is going to bring because it's a slow domino effect, but it's going to happen and it's going to, it sounds insane. And I'm still one of the people in recovery. That's like, shut the fuck up. It's going to change lives and save lives. And I think it's a very big deal. It's I'm so passionate about the nightlife aspect of recovery that when I saw this, I was like, me and Marty have been talking about recording forever. I need to just fucking do this because it's huge. So thank you so much. Well, this is the and best way to end the year. Yes. And now I'm going to go buy an eight ball. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, girl. I'm so lucky that like New Year's Eve for us, it's my mother-in-law's birthday. So we're always home. She comes over, like my best friend Adam's coming over because she doesn't see anyone in her world. So like, I t- and she's getting a test at the door, but like literally knowing that this person doesn't leave their house, I'm like, you can come over. But like <laughs> New Year's is not a temptation for me because I've always been in my house since me and oh TJ got together. I mean, I, I just, I, 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 I'm going to be home by midnight. Like I, I don't, I've always, like, I think like <laughs> New Year's 
Pride Halloween like nightmares. Nightmares. I loved, I loved I loved New Year's Eve though. I hated Halloween and I hated Pride, but New Year's Eve I remember I was working at Bartini. Bianca was working at the Ritz. Maddox was still alive. Oh. And Bianca came from the Ritz to Bartini. And we, I have, it was one of the 10 year photos I posted. And me, her, and Maddox got, when I say to the next level, and then got in one of those pedicabs because we couldn't find a real cab and had it take us from Bartini to cafeteria. Oh my God. Those are like $5 a minute. And we, girl, every dollar we made on New Year's Eve went to our cab ride to Mar- to cafeteria so we could drink for free. <laughs> Insanity. But, you know, and I, I it's important for me, because I always say this in meetings, all of the time I used and drank wasn't horrible. I had some great times. Um, I mean, yeah, there, I, I had some great times. And I also had some really, really horrible ones. It was fun until it wasn't anymore. Yeah. And it, but like, I feel it's important for people to hear you don't get sober and you're like, I hated the past 10 years of my life. No. Like, there's shit that I hated, but like, there were times on Fire Island that I hated in sobriety that I'm like, oh, this fucking sucks. Bitch, most of it. No, I'm just kidding. Like, like, that's the thing also. Like, yes, like, it is so, like, you know, we've talked about this. Like, yes, I love that, like, you know, I have a job and a career and I'm married and like, whatever. But also, like, when you get sober, it doesn't just mean everything's going to be, like, rainbow meadows and unicorns with, like, a pot of gold. Life still happens. Like, people still get sick. Financial issues still happen. Thing, like, th- things... Girl, COVID happens. Yeah, like, life still happens, and it's difficult. It's now we have tools to handle those difficult situations in a new way. Yeah. Well, I adore you, and I thank you so much for doing this and being... My first guest on the new version of the podcast at the beginning of the year. What a way to kick it off. What a way to... The girls, you can't see it, but Marty is giving us interpretive dancing. (laughs) So it's Um, me today and then Bob tomorrow? Yeah, I'll put Bob in like February. I'll hold I love that. Yeah, no, and like two people that I literally owe thanks to for me being sober, which is why I want to do... Like when I change the direction of the podcast... I was like, I definitely want to have these two on to, like, kick it off. So, well, I appreciate it. I love you, and I'm honored. Now, let's drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that! <laughs> Get out your... What, what is the name of it? Ritual. Ritual. Use code LOGANXHARDCORE for 15% off your purchase. <laughs> oh, my God. Swipe up. I have to go to the gym. I love you, Brian. Yes, enjoy the gym. I adore you. Thank you. Bye.